It's 825. You are turning into the Thursday 8 o'clock buzz right here at WRT 89.9 FM and WRT .org. WRTFM.org. Joining me is a publisher of um, the Progressive Magazine, our, our good friend Norm Stockwell. Norm, good morning, and thank you for being on the show. Good morning, Tony. Thanks so much for, for having me on today. All right. Well, um, we are commemorating a lot of, I guess, uh, unfortunately, a, a, a sad uh, things today. Um, and um, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, wanted to be on to talk about we have seen an unprecedented amount of journalists who have been killed in the strife in Gaza and in Palestine. Um, can you talk about this? Is this an unprecedented amount of numbers? Is this more than have ever happened in any war? And 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 why is this being allowed to happen? Yeah, well, you know, Tony, I want to start actually quickly by giving an update on uh, another situation, which is the poet we spoke about on this program a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mosab Abu Toha, who uh, has been able to safely uh, leave Gaza and is currently in Cairo, uh, where he's been uh, continuing to, to write poetry and tell the story of uh, what's happening to the people of Gaza. And um, the reason I mention him, besides the fact that listeners, uh, I'm sure, are aware of his case, is that I was just listening to a, uh, a conversation uh, put together by The Intercept with Jeremy Scahill, uh, who's also, by the way, going to be on Wart uh, today at noon with Alan Ruff. Uh, but Jeremy Scahill speaking with Sharif abdel Kadus and Sharif, longtime journalist, uh, formerly with Democracy Now!, now independent, living in Cairo. And he had just been um, at a reading and had just spoken with, uh, with Mossab and, uh, and had some news of, of his situation. But the other thing they spoke about in that program was this unprecedented killing of journalists. And when I say unprecedented, the numbers are just shocking. As of... Um, Yesterday, the Committee to Protect Journalists is reporting that at least 68 journalists and media workers are confirmed dead. 61 of those are Palestinian, 4 Israeli, and 3 Lebanese. An additional 13 journalists reported injured. 3 journalists are still missing and unaccounted for, and 20 others have been arrested. Uh, so that's that's just the numbers as of um, December 19th, so day before yesterday. <clears throat> I spoke with um, the uh, director of uh, the uh, that region for the Committee to Protect Journalists. Uh, I did a long interview with him uh, about a week ago, which will be appearing uh, in parts in the next issue of the Progressive Magazine. But his name is Sharif Mansour. He represents... Committee to Protect Journalists. He's been working with the organization for more than 11 years. And he said that prior to this, in all the years from 2001 when CPJ started to do its coverage until the beginning of this war, there had been 20 journalists killed. Now we're looking at more than three times that number. In fact, more than three and a half times that number just in the past two months. So it's really, it's really shocking. And the other thing that is so shocking about it 
is that in many of these cases, there's very clear evidence that these journalists were not in any way um, in a in a conflict zone. In a um, you know, the most uh, one of the most shocking cases is uh, the Lebanese journalists who were um, who were killed a couple of weeks ago from uh, Al Mayadeen News Service, which I've been interviewed on before, and they. Um, they were standing out in the open, nowhere near the actual fighting, and they were clearly, according to the investigation that's been done, clearly targeted um, and uh, and killed. So these are not simply uh, you know casualties of um, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. This is an attempt to silence the news coverage and. In uh, in Gaza, repeatedly there have been blackouts of uh, the internet and cell services, so that they can't get word in and out. I heard the other day um, uh, one of the uh, NPR reporters complaining that they hadn't been able to reach their producer in Gaza for several days because of this uh, blackout of communications. So the the attempt to silence the news in this particular war is um, is just overwhelming and uh, the the deadly effect uh, that it's having on journalists is is really mm-hmm. really unprecedented and really shocking this mm-hmm. uh, number 68 is just uh, is just tremendous that, that is now what are the international uh, rules of war uh, as it pertains to journalists uh, you don't shoot journalists you don't shoot journalists, you don't shoot medical workers. And again, in this conflict, we've seen uh, several instances where ambulances uh, going to or from hospitals have been targeted uh, with um, uh, aerial shelling as well. So this is not, um, this. all of these, uh, what, you know, and, and the, the whole idea of rules of war, of course, is, is such a difficult concept because war itself is, an abomination, and war itself should be illegal. But within that framework, the rules of war say you don't shoot journalists. And here we have journalists that are, and this has been investigated by numerous organizations numerous times, journalists are being targeted uh, because they are journalists. And the other thing that's been happening that hasn't gotten as much press is the family members of journalists are being harassed on social media, are being threatened with phone calls to their homes. And so not only the journalists themselves, but their family members are being uh, threatened and put in danger. And this definitely is a clear sign of an attempt to silence the media and to keep the news of what is happening in this war away from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, is this mainly Palestinian journalists who are being it appears to be targeted and are being killed, or is this? Are we seeing? Yeah, I mean, the majority the majority have been Palestinians, and part of that also is because it's very difficult for uh, international press to get into the area. Getting visas, getting access uh, to the war zone has been very difficult for uh, for international journalists. But by the same token, some of these. Uh, uh, people that have been killed have um, uh, dual citizenship, and we had—I I mentioned the um, the case of the Lebanese journalists who were killed, but also um, 
Shireen Abu Akla, the journalist who was killed uh, about a year ago, not in this conflict, but she was a U.S. citizen. Yes. And um, so she, uh, you know, she was both a, a Palestinian journalist, but also a U.S. citizen and one of the one of the leading if not the leading uh, television reporters, best-known television reporters in the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that killing has also been investigated and, uh, and seen that it was not an accidental killing. You're right. She was an American citizen, and well, she was working for Al Jazeera, too, at the time, right? Correct. That, yes. Correct. And just um, a couple of days ago, the uh, bureau chief of Al Jazeera uh, was injured in a, uh, in a shelling uh, just outside a hospital in Gaza. So this is, um, you know, this is just, uh, it's a very, very dangerous war for journalists to cover. It's a war where it's very difficult to uh, communicate because of these uh, technological shutdowns like the uh, the lack of internet, the lack of cell service, the lack of electricity and, and clean water. And yet uh, uh, these journalists are risking their lives day in and day out to get out the word of what is happening in this conflict. Mm -hmm. What has been the Israeli government response to these charges of uh, targeting journalists? Uh, Well, mostly it's been uh, either denial or, uh, you know, we'll investigate that. Um, The the most interesting recent uh, revelations were around the killing of those uh, three hostages who were um, holding a white flag and were uh, specifically targeted by uh, an Israeli soldier and killed. And there they actually did reveal a lot more information than they usually do about, uh, about a killing. And I think it's because there was a lot of pressure from the, from the local um, population there in Israel who, who obviously are very concerned about uh, you know, their fellow uh, citizens who have been held hostage. Journalists have not gotten um, as much um, press, but there are numerous investigations that are underway from uh, Reporters Without Borders, from the Committee to Protect Journalists, from the uh, United Nations. Uh, you know, so these are these are issues that are uh, that are still under investigation in many cases, but uh, masses of data are being collected on this, and uh, I think there's no question that um, that. These uh, these crimes will be will be brought to light, and uh, mm-hmm. does uh, does does it appear that the journalists are have been cowed under enough that they're stopping to report? Or are we still getting um, a, a factual reports of what's going on there? In other words, is there are there still a lot of journalists who are still trying to cover um, the situation there? I mean, absolutely. There are um, there are just you know a number of very, very brave people on the ground. Most of them, uh, as we said, uh, you know, uh, Palestinians from Gaza at this point, local local journalists who are getting this coverage out. And also, um, uh, I guess you would call them sort of citizen journalists, people who are getting the word out through um, various social media channels and so on as best, as best they can. Uh, but many, many um, journalists and their families have had to uh, flee because of, of threats, because of uh, no longer having um, a, uh, a home to live in, because their apartment building has been bombed and so on. So, mm-hmm. you know, people are taking care of their families uh, as they need to. And uh, where, where are these threats coming from? 
A lot of them come uh, anonymously over social media, but some of them are not anonymous. Some of them are uh, coming from uh, uh, various uh, right-wing activists in Israel. Uh, there was, I saw yesterday, um, a petition that was uh, being circulated uh, against a particular journalist um, uh Threatening, you know, threatening their life, basically, you know, asking people to uh, to vote on this petition whether or not this journalist should be killed. So these things are um, uh, are coordinated. They're uh, they're definitely uh, meant to intimidate. Mm-hmm. Been speaking with uh, Norm Stockwell, the publisher of the Progressive Magazine. We're talking about the number uh, of of journalists, and this is unprecedented, right? I mean, this is. Uh, uh, the the murder and the attempts to uh, stop the reporting just in two months of a constant bombardment in uh, the Gaza Strip. Um, that's yeah, I think, I think what, what Sharif Mansour from uh, Committee to Protect Journalists told me, again, since they've been keeping records, which is about 30 years, um, you know, this is unquestionably the largest number. The next highest was um, during the entirety of the... Of the um, uh, heaviest part of the conflict in Syria, the total number of uh, media workers injured was 56. And so now we're, again, in excess of 68 in now. Um, Just a little more. Gaza. Too, and of course, the Syria conflict included some uh, some very uh, prominent international uh, journalists who, uh, who were killed, including um, uh, Marie Colvin, uh, who a film was made about recently, uh, mm-hmm. who was uh, in that situation. Uh, pretty clearly targeted by the uh, by the Syrian government again because of their reporting. The location of the journalist was uh, was targeted. So it's not you know it's not unprecedented that uh, that governments would target journalists for trying to uh, to get the word out. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, the numbers in this particular um, conflict and the numbers in such a short time uh, is. Uh, is unprecedented. Right. Norm, um, I want to thank you very much. I guess it's very good news that the poet that you were on talking about about a month ago, Mossab Abu Toha, has um, has gotten out of uh, uh, the Gaza Strip, and it appears that him and his family, yes. at least his immediate yes, he and family, his family are safely in, in Cairo right now. And um, again, people can uh, people can follow his work online uh, through Instagram, through Facebook, uh, and also uh, can read his poems uh, on our webpage, uh, progressive.org. We'll also be, as I said, doing a, a much longer article on the situation of uh, journalists being uh, targeted and killed in this mm-hmm. war in Gaza. Right. Uh, in our next issue of the magazine, right. And I want to thank you. Now, where can people also? You mentioned the um, um, uh, what are uh, what websites? Where can people go and get this information that that you mentioned? Yeah, the best the best group that uh, that I have uh, been uh, involved with for a number of years. In fact, uh, some other reporting we did on WRT in the in the early two thousands. We also worked with uh, this group called the Committee to Protect Journalists. It's cpj.org on the web and then uh, there's also reporters without borders um, and also uh, you know the united nations website is a very good place to uh, to keep up with all the news not just about um, uh, journalists but about uh, all of the uh, the situation of refugees and so on mm-hmm. in this conflict okay norm stockwell i want to thank you very much uh, for being on and um 
I, I, I wish you, I, I guess, a, a, a as a pleasant of a holiday season as as uh, as you can have. But um, it's very somber, very somber mark here in in our history of uh, of all Thank of you. mankind right now. Thank you very much for being on. Tony, and, and by the way, your next guest, Jennifer Lowenstein, has a has a wonderful article in the uh, current issue of the Progressive Magazine as well, which people um, can uh, can find uh, around town. So. Um, uh, Give her my regards. I will. Thanks, Norm.